about emotional needs. But before I begin, I have to sort of put it in context, I, because I'm talking about the emotional needs uh, that we have and that we uh, need to have met between each other. That doesn't take away from your need to be in an intimate, personal relationship with God. God is first. And if you think that that place inside you that has been reserved for him and him alone can be filled by another person, you're already setting yourself up for failure. It can't. There is a place in each of us that is uh, reserved for God and God alone. That relationship has to be primary. Um, so um, what I'm saying to you is that you need to know that God is the source. Everything else is a resource. But God and God alone, the Father is the source of everything. Uh, I need to know that, that um, you're in a personal relationship, so you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. right? So you know you're a child of God already. You know that you're worth who you are has been determined through Jesus and what he did for you. Uh, on our own, none of us are worthy, uh, but through what Jesus did, right? We have become righteous, and our worth is found in him. So you're a child of God, you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, and you are never alone. So that's the context. I need you to understand that before we start talking about getting our needs met through one another. So um, I was thinking about, a lot. I'm thinking a lot about marriages, and as a wife's group, we just read a wonderful book. It's called uh, The Five Love Languages. It's by, I think, Gary Chapman. It was a wonderful book, and it really began uh, me thinking, I think, much more about my marriage at this point in my life, and, and I was thinking about all the times that our Christian marriages uh, fall apart, and one spouse was clueless. They were like, I thought we had a good marriage. And it's like, okay, what is happening? And I, I said to Sam, I really think it's that our emotional needs are not being met or one person's needs are being met, and they assumed, well, if mine are met, yours must be too. And that's not true. It leaves us in a very vulnerable uh, place. All of us have needs. It doesn't matter, male or female, young or old, single or married, we all have emotional needs, and they need to be met. Um, this really got um, cemented for me, and the importance of it, um, came about through my dog, and so I have to share a story with you. Uh, can you turn, I don't know if it's this, I don't know if it's my mic, but it's just too much for me. Okay, thanks. Uh, that's much better, thank you. Um, so Cooper is a six and a half month lab, and, uh, and he's a big boy. He weighs 75 pounds, and he's all heart, and he needs a lot of attention, and if he's awake, he's just right there. He's always on you. And so this one late afternoon, we went and we sat on the couch, and here comes Cooper. And I sat down, I put my feet up, and 
Cooper's not allowed on the couch, but he pops his upper body and he flops it over on top of me and his face is in my face. And I said, no, Cooper, down. And so I tried to push him off and then Sam had to help me shove this dog off of me. And as soon as he hit the ground, he popped back up and he flops his body on me and, and it was like, no, Cooper. And now I'm on my own to get the dog off of me because Sam's done. <laughs> and so I'm pushing the dog and I tell him no. Four times he pops up on top of me and I push him off and I, I was like, Vic, this isn't working. So get him a toy or a bone. Great idea. So I get up and I get him a bone and I tell him, Cooper, down. So once he lays down, I give him the bone. I tell him, stay. I sit back down on the couch and I put my feet back up and Cooper pops up and he drops the bone right in my lap and he stands there chewing on the bone. And I said, nope, this isn't gonna work. So I take the bone, I drop it on the floor, I tell him, no. Four times, Cooper picks up that bone, drops it back in my lap. Now I'm like, this isn't working. And so I threw my hands up and I was like, stop touching me. <laughs> And so I took the pillow from behind me and I was sitting on the couch and I, and I pulled my legs up and so I'm sitting like this and I put this pillow in front of me and I said, touch that. And so he did. He poked it twice. But when he could no longer make contact with me, he withdrew himself. And he went into the, onto the other side of the room, he curled up in a ball and he just laid there. And yes, he looked like sad and dejected, but I said, thank you! I was so tired of being touched. So the next day I'm walking on the driveway because I'm trying to lose weight and exercise is part of it. And it pops in my spirit. I could just see Cooper and this need and this longing for affection, for love, for touch, to be part of something, to be part of the pack, to be included. And, and it was like instantly, I was like, oh my gosh, we have needs. We have, this poor dog has emotional needs. We really have emotional needs that need to be met. So it took me about two more days before I, the next piece fell into place, which was once that pillow was put in front of me, and he could no longer make contact with me, he withdrew. And it made me think, okay, how many of us in our relationships, and especially in marriage, uh, have put up a wall where there can be no real connection? We were created for intimate relationships. We were created for connection. And so uh, I was thinking about that. And I'm thinking about the other side, about the person who's trying to connect with us, but after being rejected several times, just give up, you know? And so we go through and we're willing to accept uh, relationships where our needs aren't being met. Now, I can say this, in marriage you can go a long time like that, but sooner or later, most of us are gonna do one of two things. We're gonna find somewhere else to get that need met, and I'm not recommending that. Or we just give up on the marriage. We just say, I need more than this and I can't get it here, so I'm gonna move on. And so I really wanna talk about how important it is for us to understand, first of all, we all have emotional needs, and we need to be aware of what those are. We need to understand that 
uh, our emotional needs are different. Okay, what I need and what Sam needs can be two different things. You know, uh, the other, um, I think it was probably maybe two or three weeks ago, uh, we're in the back, so we're looking up, and I can see Chris just rubbing circles on Tim's back, you know. And Sam says to me a couple weeks later, you know, I remember when you used to rub my back, and I really liked that. See what you did? <laughs> I said, okay. Because here's what I was thinking. I would be saying, stop touching me, just like with the talk. It's not that I don't need physical touch. I need you to touch me and move on, you know? <laughs> so we're all different. And what we need, how much we need is different. And we really have to be able to communicate. That is so vital that we can be able to communicate our need our emotional need to one another and discuss how to get that need filled. Because when we're complete opposites, you have to begin to work through what does that look like for you. Sam did a beautiful job at, ex at expressing, I have this need, you know, I forgot about it, I don't think about it, but when he saw it, he thought back to when we were uh, younger and I really miss that, Vicki. And so, because of his openness and his willingness to share, it's a need that I can fill now, you know, unless I'm going to be selfish, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, and then you get what you get, people. <laughs> if you're not willing to love the person you have and love them like they need to be loved, there's consequences. Okay. Um, so what are some of our emotional needs? This is a list, it is not a complete list, and you don't necessarily have them all, we're different, unique. Love, companionship, affection, attention, appreciation, support, encouragement, respect, comfort, approval, acceptance, a sense of belonging, affirmation, validation, autonomy. You need to feel significant important, like a priority. Uh, we need intimacy. We need to be seen, to be heard, to con be connected. Sometimes we need privacy and space, trust and security. We need communication. We need loyalty. These are just some of the emotional needs that we have, and we look to others to help fill those needs. Um, I want to speak about uh, the importance in marriage to feel as if you're first. I'm going to be honest. Uh, Sam was not always first in our marriage. Um, sec uh, Sam wasn't even second in our marriage, if we're going to be honest. There were my children, there was me, and then there was Sam. Um, any way we could have mucked up a marriage between the two of us, we basically did it. And so, uh, through God's grace and God's mercy, he has kept us together. Not because we did everything right or we did a great job, but here's the thing. At this point in our lives, we long for 
having a deep, intimate relationship. And we, uh, I long for Sam to understand he is first. Um, and then I need him to understand that sometimes life uh, circumstances, you don't look first. So here's the thing, when Sam knows he's first and I get a call from Florida that my mom's ill and I need to go down or when my mom was dying, I said to Sam, hung up the phone, didn't even ask, I said, I gotta go to Florida. And it's a one-way ticket, I don't know when I'm coming home. And Sam could say, okay, go do what you need to do. Because he was secure in this sense that I know I'm first, you know, and his needs are meant. Listen. Nobody's going to keep investing in something when there's no return, right? You wouldn't keep putting your money in stock if there was no return. That would be silly. And people are not going to continue to invest in relationships if there's no return, you know? So we, we have to put in to our marriages and we have to work at them. I don't think when I got married, nobody told me I had to work at marriage. I just thought it happened. And, uh, that's not a good, <laughs> don't do it, <laughs> don't do it. If we need education for everything else, if we need understanding for everything else, we do for our marriages and relationships, all relationships as well. Our relationships are meant to mirror the relationships that we have with God. It's to be a reflection of, you know, so we, we have to continue to keep growing and keep working on the things. Listen, I got a lot of issues. I am a hard, difficult woman to, to be with and to love. I, the amount of healing that has taken place through Pastor Keenan and I think of uh, Jack Levine and uh, Lisa has been monumental. You know, so there's a lot of work to be done, and we can't shy away from doing our own personal work um, so that we can have better relationships either. Um, our emotional needs are not set in stone. So what I needed in my 20s, I, through personal growth, might not need when I'm 40 or 60. Our emotional needs may change just based on the circumstances and situations that we find ourselves in. Um, and they may um, change as our relationships develop and grow. Um, so we, we have to allow, uh, that's why communication is so important, you know, because as your needs change, you still need to communicate what those are. Um, no one person is going to meet all your needs. For me to think Sam is going to meet all my needs, that, that's just not going to happen. And for Sam to think I'm going to meet all his needs, that's ridiculous. Uh, so he has this. He has this wonderful friend, Jerry. Sam loves cars. Now, when we first met, he'd say, Vicki, you want to go to a swap meet? And I'd say, sure. You want to go to a car shore? Sure. I hate, listen, I don't care about cars as long as it gets me from, from point A to point B. It's a beautiful thing. But when we were first going, didn't I go, babe? Yeah, I smiled. I was going to be with my sweetie. You know what now? I'm not leaving the air conditioning to go walk around looking at cars. It's hot. It's hot. And he's talking to everybody else, but not me. 
So it's not happening. I say to him, thanks, babe, but why don't you call Jerry? <laughs> they work on cars together. He gets something from him that I can't supply. And that's a good thing. You know, I'm thinking about the wife's meeting, and we, we just had one, and, and uh, I had said to Val, we were sharing afterwards, and how much I get from being with that group of women. I already shared about Keenan and, and, and Jack, the importance of what I received from them uh, was enormous and made a big difference in my growth and in my healing. And so sometimes we need other people. Um, I want to look at Mark 14, 32 through 42. It's the only scripture we're going to read today. And I want you to just think about Jesus' emotional needs. I don't know if you ever thought about him having emotional needs before, but it says that uh, uh, he was fully human. And if emotional needs are part of being human, then he had them too. Then they came to the place which was named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Okay, so we, we know what happened before this. Uh, they've had their last supper. Uh, Jesus has washed their feet. He has told Judas to go ahead and do what he needed to do, so we know he's already left to betray him. There's 11 disciples that have gone to the garden, okay? And so he, he takes the 11, he tells eight of them, sit here and pray. And then he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. So now he's taken the three of them. They are the three that were on the Mount of Transfiguration who saw him with his divinity revealed, okay? And now he's taking them at a time when he's deeply troubled and deeply distressed, and he's brought them so that they can be present, and he's going to reveal at this moment He's going to be, in all his humanity, is going to be revealed. You know, sometimes we don't allow uh, people to reveal their humanity. We, we think they shouldn't uh, uh, struggle and they, and they shouldn't uh, get down and they shouldn't be distressed and they shouldn't be anxious and they shouldn't be... Listen, Jesus had emotions, you know, and he just said here that he was troubled and he was deeply distressed and he knew enough to know I need to take some people closer, deeper in with me and I need to reveal to them where I'm at. He said to, uh, he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. He just laid himself out there. He didn't lay himself out there for everyone. Why did he only take three? Probably because they were the only ones that could handle 
He had to have people he trusted. He had, we're going to be vulnerable, but we're not going to be vulnerable with everyone. We have to know people's character. You know, we have to make sure that they don't have ulterior motives. There are people out there that are, that are predators. Come on, let's be honest. And they're just looking, you know, and they can spot your mile away. And they just slowly keep drawing you in, being what you need, being a chameleon. And then when the trap is set, it's just too late. And then we look up and we say, how did I get here? How did I get there? How did this happen? I never would have thought I'd have been with this person. You know? So we have to be very careful, especially when we're in a vulnerable place and we're going through who we bring in. Uh, he went a little, a little, well, he said, stay here and watch. So he needed them to be present. He, uh, he just needed them. You know, when you're at your vo most vulnerable, it's not good to be alone. You know, you need to bring somebody in. He went a little further, and he fell on the ground, and he prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Then he came, and he found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And so I'm thinking about Jesus. He's, he's aware of where he's at and how he's feeling. He opens himself up and he expresses them. He's brought in the right people, and he's asked them to be present. But as so often might happen in life, they just weren't able to be present to him at that moment. I think about all the times that, uh, Sam, I gotta lay it out here, okay? Sorry, babe. <laughs> it's really my madness. Um, but I think about all the, t we've been, we'll be married 40 years, and <laughs> that applause has to go to God. Because as I told you, we did everything we could to jack this up. And somehow, through God's mercy and grace, he just kept us going, you know. And so I would say, what, Sam, the last how many years have really been good? Just the last few, okay? Putting it out there. Maybe five. I'm being generous. Look at Sam. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm being generous. You just sit back there. <laughs> Because it's hard to say that you were married 30 years, 35 years, and it was all about you and not, not anything about the other person. It's hard to admit that I cut him in every way humanly possible. It's hard to believe that you could claim to love somebody, not be there, not be a support, not care what's going on in his world. That's hard to admit. 
but it's the truth. But it's the truth. You can be present in a house, and you can still not be present to the person. When we came here to Full Potential, I was in a separate bedroom. I was living in that bedroom. I never went downstairs. I, I, I ate up there. I hung out up there. I lived in, my, in a spare bedroom. We didn't even share the same bed. That's where my marriage was. That was the third time our marriage was ready to uh, dissolve. I had said to Sam uh, uh, the one night, do you love me? And he said, uh, I don't know about that. I'm not sure that I do. I said, wow, do you still want to be married? You see, I filed for divorce when I was 40, and we reconciled through it. So one thing I knew is I will never file again. So I said to him, do you want to be married? And he said, I don't know. Let's just get through the holidays, and we'll talk. Now, how does God move? Sam came at Christmas time. Amen. He came twice, and he knew, I got to be here. And God reconciled our marriage for the third time. And now, now the hard work begins. Now it's important to me to know. And he, I'm sure I drive him crazy because I ask him all the time. We read this book, and I just asked him. There was this quiz in the book. You're going to love this. And the quiz said um, to judge how uh, well you felt loved on a scale from 0 to 10, 0 being the worst, 10 being the greatest, uh, how full is your tank? And so I asked Sam, how, how full is your tank, babe? And he said, eight or nine, and I said, are you lying? Because I don't think I'm that good at loving. So how, how does he have this tank that's so full? And then I, the next question you were supposed to ask is, well, how, what can I do to make you feel more loved? And so I put it out there. Sam, what, what can I do to make you feel more loved? And he said, don't ask me no more of these questions. <laughs> but. I have to keep asking. I have to keep checking. Where are we in this marriage? Are your needs being met? And if not, what do I need to do to change? Not what does he need, what do I? That I'm not communicating how much he is loved and appreciated. So he says to him, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Let's talk about weak flesh. Let's talk about temptation. We have to be real careful where we get our needs met because in the most innocent, it starts very innocent, right? It looks good, but slowly it begins to uh, be corrupted, twisted, so we have to be very careful when we open ourselves up, if you're in a marriage, and I just told you, I was in a marriage for a good 35 years where nobody's needs were being met, that leaves you in a very vulnerable place. If you're a single person, and I guess now I'm really sort of gearing towards women, but that's not fair because I'm sure you guys can get hooked up with some 
what do I want to say? <laughs> Ungodly women. Okay. So, thank you. Uh, we, we can be vulnerable. Uh, we can be open for anyone or anything. And as soon as they show us a little bit of time or attention or, you know, gee, you look nice today, Val, you know. Uh, gee, you're so smart. Look how you figured that out. Oh, boy. <laughs> that looks good. That looks good. And it just slowly draws you in. And before you know it, you're looking up and you're thinking, how? How did I? A Christian woman, a devoted woman, end up here. Well, I'll tell you how. You weren't honest about your emotions, your feelings, what you needed. Uh, when I filed for divorce when I was 40, I spent a year contemplating my divorce before I went and did it. Sam never knew that for a year I was thinking about leaving because I would not share it with him. So communication, we got to, we got to be willing. So again, Jesus went away and he prayed and he spoke the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy and they didn't know what to answer him. You know, he, can't, he comes back a third time and he's laid it all out there, what he needs and they just weren't in a place, in a position, where they could really be present for him and be what he needed at that moment. Then he, uh, he came a third time and he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? It's enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. How important it is. I, I'm going to wrap it up um, by saying this. We all have needs and how important it is for us to be aware of what those needs are. To openly be vulnerable. Open yourself up. Communicate uh, those needs. Discuss about how they might be met. Make sure they're realistic. Okay, uh, nobody can make up for what you didn't get as a little child. That's healing. That that's something that that's something else. They have to be realistic, right? Um, so continue to grow. Don't assume that because your needs are being met, that means your spouse's needs are being met. My prayer and my hope is that we have the kind of relationships that God intended us to have. One more quick story. Uh, most of you know Lisa. She, uh, she's not going to hear this, so I'm going to do it. Um, 
and recently I began to question, we were best pals, we were road dogs, so to the end, Vicki, to the end. Lisa's no longer uh, here at Full Potential, and, and so every week, once or twice a week, I'd call her and, and talk with her. I would go by her house, and, and I began to question, okay, is this relationship still important to you? Does it have any value? Because I'm the only one who seems to be putting in any kind of effort here. And so I had been thinking about it for a while, and so uh, I finally, um, last week, had well, that was my conversation with God. I need to know if she's in or out. You know, I can't just keep this relationship going if she's not in. And so I'm, I'm giving it to you. A week went by, and on Tuesday, Lisa called. I was like, Lisa! It was like discovering my friend all over again because I really thought this relationship was probably done. So she said, Vicki, I'm going to pick up a prescription. Can I come by? And I said, sure, come on. And uh, she gets out of the car, and she's got a bag of vegetables from her garden. And I know this is the first year she's planted it, and I know how hard she has labored and toiled over that garden. And she brings me some of her first... You know, so I take the bag and she goes back to her car and she comes out with a mason jar and in it's a bouquet of flowers from her garden. And I know it was God. And I said to her before she left, Lisa, I was really beginning to wonder if you were still in this relationship. I really thought maybe it was over. And she said to me, Vicki, we said we were in it to the end. We're in it to the end. All of us need to know that we're important, we're significant, that our presence means something, it's of value. Doesn't matter what kind of relationship it is. We all need to make a deposit doesn't matter what kind of relationship it is. We need to make our needs known. It's unfair to expect somebody to fill a need. When I was young, I would say things like this. Well, if he loved me, he ought to know. <laughs> Why should I? I'm not telling you. That did not help me one bit, you know? And so we have to be, aren't you glad I matured some? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. So I love you. Uh, I, I hope you continue to grow in all of your relationships, but most especially the one with Jesus. Be blessed. <laughs>